Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. There's a lot of news from Ukraine today. First, there's the report, the allegation of Russia deploying chemical weapons. The Pentagon closely monitoring social media reports that say that Russian forces deployed chemical weapons in Mariupol, Ukraine. We are aware of social media reports which claim Russian forces deployed a potential chemical munition, says Admiral Kirby, the Pentagon spokesman. This was in a statement released last night. Edward Bessurin is a spokesperson for the Kremlin-backed separatist Donetsk People's Republic, said on Russian TV yesterday that Russia's military should use chemical forces in Mariupol to, quote-unquote, smoke out the moles. This, according to the New York Times. So, not not confirmed yet, we don't know for sure, but reports that chemical weapons have now been used by Russia. What we think we know, this comes from the Associated Press, as is always the case, the information on which I rely, posted on my website and in the newsletter. Corpses are now carpeted through the streets of Mariupol after Russian troops killed more than 10,000 civilians over the past six weeks in their unsuccessful fight to capture the strategic southern port. So more than 10,000 civilians in one town, in one city in Ukraine, third story is about how fighting in eastern Ukraine is now anticipated to intensify over the next two to three weeks. And the Russian efforts will now be led by General Alexander Dvornikov. He's taking over operations in Ukraine, marking what some military analysts say as an indication that the war could be set to enter a brutal new phase. This guy most recently oversaw Russian troops in Syria and has a history of targeting civilians. He was chosen as the new ground commander in Ukraine, according to U.S. and Western officials. So the question I'm wondering is whether, if things get even uglier, and if there's confirmation of chemical weapons, will Ukraine continue to hold the interest of Americans now in the face of record inflation? I was already thinking in these terms because of an essay that George Packer, who writes for The Atlantic, posted at that outlet under the headline, I worry we'll soon forget Ukraine. 
it, of course, in the newsletter and posted on the website as well. I'll give you just two paragraphs. I recognize there's a paywall, but I think he really does a good job in, in framing the following issue. He says, I worry that we'll soon forget about Ukraine. It's far away. And Americans have famously short attention spans. See if you agree with this. It's hard not to agree with the the first portion because it's straightforward and factual. In the days after Zelensky's speech to Congress, you could sense American life returning to its natural state. Republican senators accused Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson of being soft on pedophilia, then checked their phones for mentions. Meta Platforms announced that CEO Mark Zuckerberg will spend more time working remotely from his 1,500-acre Hawaiian state and other homes. Kylie Jenner told her 325 million Instagram followers that her newborn son will no longer go by the name of Wolf. An online horde of journalists attacked the New York Times for publishing an editorial in defense of free speech. For 72 hours, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars was bigger than the war in Ukraine. The endless self-regard, triviality, and cynicism of American culture in the age of digital polarization seeped back amid images of Ukrainians filling sandbags on the Odessa beaches or risking Russian shelling to bring shelter dogs to safety. And then further on, he sums up this way and includes the word of the day. 20 years on, with the failures of Iraq, Afghanistan, and the war on terror, with the rise of new powers abroad, with rampant economic inequality and entrenched political hatred at home, the 9-11 fever is gone. We suffer from its opposite, exhaustion and disbelief. Ukrainians are right to worry that we'll soon lose interest and lapse back into our solipsistic dysfunction let me stop there do you agree with that are you this was almost the survey question but then came the the inflation numbers and the defense by the white house do you agree that ukrainians are right to worry that we'll soon lose interest and that we will resort to more egocentric egocentric ways which is my synonym for solipsistic the biden administration can keep americans engaged with Ukraine by encouraging generous support for the refugees coming here. That's one way Packer says this can change. The administration can better explain the sacrifices that the war is imposing on Americans and prevent windfall oil profits from turning a war for democracy abroad into a sense of injustice over unequal burdens at home. Civic organizations can sustain interest in Ukraine by creating outlets for acts of solidarity between individuals and groups. And news organizations can maintain the public's focus by pursuing their basic mission of reporting. American overreach is a perpetual danger, but the thing to fear most now is indifference. That essay was published, I'm trying to think, did I read it late last night or early this morning? For this, I'm positive it was published before the new inflation numbers, before the new CPI index number came out. Now I think it's made all the more real of a concern because James Carville, in my opinion, is right and it is the economy. And no matter what transpires in Ukraine, we're going to vote based on our wallets because I think that's really what we always do. Meanwhile, the White House will continue to try and say, well, this is this is Putin's price hike. 
I don't think that's going to wash for the administration. By the way, it might be true because from the invasion stemmed the oil shortage that has driven up the prices and, and where you look and you see that it's, it's oil and it's food and it's shelter that are driving these numbers, they're all interconnected. I think there's truth in saying that, although prices were already on the rise even before Putin invaded. So, you know, shades of gray, as is usually the case. But I'm asking if things get uglier and involve chemical weapons, is this going to hold Americans' interest in the face of inflation, or is it still going to be all about the economy as we head toward the midterm elections? This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Admiral James Stavridis was the 16th Supreme Allied Commander at NATO. He is Vice Chair of Global Affairs at the Carlyle Group, Chair of the Board of the Rockefeller Foundation. How's that for a couple of important hats? He's the co-author of 2034, a novel of the next world war, and his most recent nonfiction book, The Sailor's Bookshelf, 50 Books to Know the Sea. I would also add that today at Smirconish.com and in the newsletter, is a piece that he just penned for time under the headline, What the U.S. Military Needs to Learn from the Ukrainian War. This is Admiral Stavridis. Admiral, thank you so much for coming back to the program. Let me begin with this. The the Pentagon says that it is closely monitoring social media reports that claim Russian forces deployed chemical weapons in Mariupol. What do you know of that subject, and how might that change NATO's role, if true? If true, it is a shocking escalation to see chemical weapons used uh, on the European continent uh, by Russia. We are going to have to back up that claim significantly. 
let's face it, there's still suspicion about the U.S. intelligence community going back to Saddam Hussein and our claims that he had weapons of mass destruction. But, Michael, assuming we can back that up, significant escalation. I think you're going to see NATO raise the ante significantly and provide the Ukrainians MiG-29 fighters, S-300 and S-400 service-to-air missile systems, possibly bring in offensive cyber, possibly missiles that can reach into the Black Sea and take out Russian warships. This would be a significant escalation that would demand a very serious response. Uh, President Putin spoke for the first time publicly in a couple of days, and I'd play it for you, except I don't have the translation. I have, however, read the translation, and he essentially says that they're achieving great success and that the focus is the Donbass region. Do do you think that now Kiev is safe, at least in the short term, and he's going to focus on those so-called Russian-speaking territories on the far eastern perimeter of Ukraine? Um, I do believe Kiev has been saved. If you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings, there's a moment in the trilogy where Gandalf says the battle for Rohan is over. The battle for Middle Earth begins. And I think that's actually pretty apt in this moment. The Ukrainians, with a lot of help from the West, have saved their capital and saved their government, saved their president, who has done nothing but inspire all this. You know, for Vladimir Putin to say, This is a successful operation when he's lost probably 15,000 Russian soldiers killed in action compared to, say, 7,000 the U.S. lost in Iraq and Afghanistan over 20 years. Pretty hard to call this anything but a failure thus far. His new plan is to take and consolidate control of the strip of land that runs from Russia down to Crimea, Um, He's consolidated all his forces there. He may conduct offensive operations from there, or, Michael, he could hunker down, create a Putin line like a Maginot line, and dare the Ukrainians to come and attack him, which would be a tough nut to crack. Do you put uh, stock in these reports that I think the date is May 9 when they— they have their annual military celebration, celebration of victory over the Nazis in World War II, that he wants something for which he can legitimately claim victory by that date? I think he certainly wants it. I don't think he's likely to get it. And ultimately, let's face it, Putin is not running for reelection anytime soon in a realistic way. He doesn't have midterms staring him in the face the way Biden does. He doesn't have a runoff with Marine Le Pen the way that Macron does. He's not anything but a dictator. So, no, he's not under a, a significant pressure to accomplish this. But does he want it? Sure. Would he like to do it? Yes. Will he claim something? Probably. I appreciated your piece for time because it was written from someone who was a uh, a former 16th Supreme Allied Commander of NATO and yet written uh, at a pedestrian level that I could understand. What are some of the takeaways that, with your trained eye, you see thus far from war in Ukraine? Um, one key takeaway is how important leadership is and how important logistics are, the two L's of warfare. Uh, The Russians have failed badly at both of this. Um, See paragraph one about why they failed to capture Kiev. Number two, the victories by the Ukrainians 
uh, in anti-armor using javelin-type weapons and stingers at low-flying aircraft are breathtaking. Hundreds and hundreds of multi-million dollar systems destroyed by uh, handheld weapons that cost a few hundred thousand dollars. We have to ask ourselves, Michael, whether um, the tank is safe on the battlefield. Um, That's a serious question. And then third and finally, I would say what is emerging is a kind of new triad of warfare that puts a premium on uh, unmanned systems, on uh, special forces, light, fast-moving people with handheld weapons, and on cyber, although you don't see that as visibly the third leg of that triad. I think that's coming. So there's three key takeaways thus far. Admiral, you, you talk in the piece, as you just made reference, you, you question the future of the tank. You talk about the vulnerability of helicopters. You also speak to the ability to track troop movements, how we've been able to bedevil the Russian forces by monitoring their actions, uh, and that Moscow seems not able to keep up in that regard. And if you saw my copy of your essay for Time, you would see that I wrote in the margin is this one of the last wars to be fought with soldiers? Maybe not an original thought, but the more I read and understood, I think what you were saying, it's it's all about technology. It, it is a crucial element, but no, I don't think this is the last war that will be fought with soldiers. What I do think is we'll be using fewer soldiers. They'll be more elite. They'll be better trained. They will be interconnected um, and Uh, The next big wave, which we're not seeing on this battlefield, Michael, will be artificial intelligence, which will inform the decision making of those highly elite humans as they go forward into these battlefields using these technologies, which will be knitted together. That's the next turn of the wheel in warfare. So look for fewer soldiers. But uh, bottom line, um, what is sustaining the Ukrainians? Hey, the technology helps. But it is their will, their resistance, their sense that they're fighting for their spouses, their children, their elders, their cities. That's what's sustaining them. That's not going to change. You need human soldiers to conduct that kind of operation. Admiral, do you know personally or at least by reputation, General Alexander Dvornikov? I know him well by reputation. Um, he's a, a, a few years younger than me, not many. And uh, we have been in and around the high-end U.S.-Russian military circuit together. It's conceivable we have been in the same room at some time. His nickname, as you know, is the Butcher of Syria. But I'd really point you back to his early days as a mid-career officer fighting in Chechnya, arguably the dirtiest war ever fought. He took those skills, if you will, to Syria, where he relentlessly pounded civilians. Um, Putin has reached into his bullpen for the hardest, uh, least concerned about war crimes officer under his command and put him in charge of the whole operation. Putin is sending a signal to the Ukrainians. There's worse to come. He's sending a signal to his army. Anything goes. And he's sending a signal to the West of utter defiance. The selection of this general is flipping the bird at uh, the West. 
Final question for Admiral Stavridis, and thank you for being so gracious with your time. I really appreciate it when you come by the program. This relates to something someone else has written. George Packer in the Atlantic right now under the headline, I worry we'll soon forget Ukraine. Here's one line, quote, Ukrainians are right to worry that we'll soon lose interest and lapse back into our solipsistic dysfunction. I had to look it up. Uh, I'm sure Admiral Stavridis does not. But are we too self-centered and are we going back to headlines about Will Smith and the Oscars too quickly? So far, I've been uh, pleasantly surprised that, uh, you know, as the gypsies say, the carnival moves on. The carnival hasn't moved on. I think people sense how crucial this battle will be. Um, Certainly, there are going to be distractions. Other things are going to happen here in the U.S., in the West, in Japan and elsewhere. But uh, Putin continues to be the gift that keeps on giving, if you will, with his criminal behavior. That keeps us all focused. The images are crucial, and I'll close with this, Michael, a shout out to the media, to the brave war correspondents who are walking around those battlefields. You know, they're not tricked out in battle gear the way I was in Afghanistan. They're walking around with an ill-fitting, slightly bulletproof vest and and a flip phone in some cases. My hat's off to them, because by showing those images, by sending those stories, we can continue to keep the attention that this tragically deserves. That's our best hope. Admiral, your most recent book you co-authored, 2034, A Novel of the Next World War. I wish you good things. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Michael. That's Admiral James Stavridis, ladies and gentlemen. He was the 16th Supreme Allied Commander of NATO. And as if that's not enough... Vice Chair, Global Affairs of the Carlyle Group, and, oh yeah, Chair of the Board of the Rockefeller Foundation. What did he say? The gypsies say the carnival has moved on. Are we at risk of the carnival moving on here, meaning our attention span relative to Ukraine? This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection. The lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. 
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM channel 124 and on the SXM app. Matt, what did you want to add from Alabama? Greetings. Pretty sir. So I was the uh, third army rescue officer in Iraq in 2003 and one thing we always had up was uh, Fox News in the corner of the, of the headquarters. And I remarked to one of my coworkers, said, hey, you know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to, you know, they're going to change the channel and stop watching the war. Well, I would say five to six, maybe seven weeks, the Lacey Peterson murder trial came back on Fox News. That became the Kaboom. important story. And yep. that quick, the American people lost interest. Yeah. And, and, and look, that's where we were directly involved. In this case, we're indirectly indirectly involved i turned off my mic so tc was sneezing and i ended up cutting myself off is are you finished over there i might have one more god, <laughs> let god, us know god bless me thank you god bless, bless you. you god bless <laughs> Thanks, you matt. god bless you what well, matt and michael oh you have i to was be distracted yeah. matt was like mm. Matt volunteered mm-hmm. <laughs> uh matt i i get your point i absolutely get your point and you you obviously share the uh the, the concern uh, Jim, what are you thinking in Maine about our attention span, our willingness to hang in there with Ukraine? Uh, good morning, Michael. Uh, basically, when you mentioned that, the first thing that came to my mind is the acronym uh, NIMBY, not in my backyard. Right. Uh, what's in our front yard is inflation, uh, how short, how, you know, sort of short the uh, the paycheck goes these days, and What's happening in Ukraine is waning. Uh, when people, you know, when, I don't know, states or cities want to build low-income housing, hey, that's all great. Not in my backyard. Do it somewhere else. So my feeling is it has to do what's in the face of Americans at any given point in time. And when you're talking about a war in Europe, um, even though it's getting ready to turn into a very, very devastating uh, situation over there with this guy who, uh, with this general who's going to basically carpet bomb civilians. It's not in my backyard. So what's important to me is what's happening in my backyard. And uh, that's I, really, you know, yeah, that's I what's fear, in my mind immediately. I fear you are, I fear you are correct. Dvornikov, General Alexander Dvornikov. Uh, Kim, located in Connecticut, greetings, thinking what today about the interplay between inflation, Ukraine, potential chemical weapons? Hi, I what I'm what I'm interested in talking about is that we need to brand Russia a rogue state after what they've done in Syria, Chechnya and now Ukraine and the United Nations and, and, and get them out. You know, Trump, I know, wanted to put them back on G7 but he should be just kicked out of everything in the United Nations. Thank you. Putin spoke this morning. I I have the audio, but it's in Russian, so I'm not going to play it, although I've watched it translated on one of the cable stations. The point is this. Putin has spoken publicly for the first time in a couple of days, and all of his attention is now on Donbass, suggesting that it, it will no longer be an assault on Kiev. They've retreated from Kiev. They're going to focus on Donbass. 
But it sounds like he'll stop at nothing to lay claim to all of those very eastern regions of Ukraine and try and link all the way down to Crimea. Dave is in Brooklyn, New York. Hi, Dave. Greetings. What did you most want to say? Hi, how are you? So, um, you know, inflation was an issue from the fourth quarter of last year. And even though Americans have a short attention span, they definitely have a long attention span when they know what matters to them. And it's about the money in their pocket. So I don't think anybody's going to be fooled by what was going on long ago. And in regard to, you know, now even possible worst problems going on in Ukraine, I don't know. Maybe we can put sanctions on his dentist's uncles and maybe that'll have an effect because nothing so far seems to be working. On on your first point, you may be right, but the person on whose watch we're voting is the one who gets held accountable. That's the way it plays out. True, but my point is, is that, you know, gas is one thing, but everything was going up over the course of the last several quarters, and people remember that. They will always remember that, and yeah, that's probably going to have more importance than what's going on overseas, unfortunately. Thank you, Dave. Joshua, Arlington, Virginia, hi. Hi, uh, a couple observations, and then I have one slight bone to pick with you. Go ahead. Um, But I'm reminded of the adage of, uh, God invented war so Americans would learn geography, right? We don't give we don't give any craps about any other place until there's a war, and then we lose you know attention. When Syria uh, used chemical weapons, uh, you know nobody cared about the people that the weapons were used on. It just became a political punchline to to mock Obama and his you know his red line comment. So nobody really cared at all. You know they may use chemical weapons. You got to be careful though, because down around there, Mariupol. That's the Azov Battalion, who are great fighters, but kind of questionable morally. So they could make a lot of claims. But, you know, they, what's a chemical weapon, right? You know, pharmaceutical-based agent, yes. You know, clearly mustard. But there's a riot control. You know, if you want to, you know, put the other guys, smoke the molds out, you know, you could use riot control-type agents, which we use all the time here at protesters. And is that really a violation of it? I Probably not. Um, You know, there will. Can I can I interrupt and say there will also be speculation? I'll predict this right now of some who will say that we're not even sure it was Russia who introduced the agent. Maybe it was individuals who want the U.S. and NATO more directly involved. It's tricky stuff. Yes. And that'll be that that'll definitely definitely rolled up in the Russian disinformation campaign. And, you know, you can't put it past some individuals in Ukraine. Uh, I will close out with my slight bone to pick with you from yesterday talking about uh, Boris Johnson going and why didn't, you know, BP and, and POTUS go. You have to remember the different timeline, right? Because when they were over there, the Russians were still in Holstomel Airfield. They were still in the suburbs of Kiev. That's an exceedingly more dangerous operation than when there are no Russians anywhere in northern Ukraine and Kiev is open. You can basically take a train in. So okay. it's a little bit different. Fair. I don't want you to beat up the, our guys too much, you know. I'm not, I, although I, I will note, uh, your point is well taken, that uh, the, the change in 10 days, two weeks was significantly improved for Kiev. I'll also note, though, Joshua, thanks for your phone call. I'll also note that I'm, I'm not the only one thinking in these terms. Uh, linked today at Smirconish.com and in the newsletter is an editorial from The Wall Street Journal, making the point that I've been making on on this for several days. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Spring, is that you? 
Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. <laughs>